Hi, everybody. This is Agent Lauren. We here at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. are heartbroken over the loss of Chadwick Boseman, who you may know as T'Challa from Black Panther. He died on Friday, August 28th, 2020, and he was only 43. We found out that he'd been battling colon cancer for the last four years, which means that pretty much all of his content in the MCU was done while fighting a battle that none of us knew about that he didn't feel like disclosing. And it's pretty clear when you look at his career choices and the work that he did that he knew that he only had a certain amount of time left to make an impact. A lot has been said over the past few days about the legacy of Black Panther, what it's meant to the Black community in particular, and all that and more is true. He was amazing. Go back and listen to our Black Panther episode. It was, I, I think I went back and checked. It's tied for our second or third longest episode ever. And there will never be another him. I don't know about you, but I'm about to go and watch Black Panther again with, you know, maybe a different eye this time. And let his work be a reminder that everything you do affects somebody that you'll never meet, that, that you can make a difference. And when people say Wakanda forever, it's not just a movie tagline. It's a remembrance of his life and his work, and he will be missed tremendously. Our condolences go out to his friends and families, and to all those right now who are feeling the loss very, very deeply. This time on episode 347 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'll be discussing Luke Cage, season 2, episode 3, Wig Out, and season 2, episode 4, I Get Physical. I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Haley. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm producer of the show, SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. This show is recorded on Thursday, August 27th, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast borough-wide via www.geeks.live. Come join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Just Because Day. Feels like it. 
it, it's the year for a just because celebration. So I'll take it. Yeah, it's a whole year, but there is a specific day and it's been going on since the late 1950s. So it's not anything new. It's just, you know, you can do anything today just because. Probably should keep it legal. You're not the boss of me. When have I ever been? And with that, let's get on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes. Because there was room on the door. If you'd like to talk to us about how much room there was on that door, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can hit us up on Facebook. Our page is Legends of Shield Podcast. We're on Twitter, at Legends of Shield. You can find all of the videos for our show at youtube.com slash gunnageek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. Or you can join our Discord server and talk about how much room there was on the door at gunnageek.com slash discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. I feel a need to talk about Titanic right now because I think that's the biggest... I mean, there was a lot of issues with the film, a lot of great things with the film, too. But the door... Did the door fail the film? Like, is the film not even better than it should be because of the door scene? Well, that and also Neil deGrasse Tyson has brought up that the stars are wrong. Yes. The stars are wrong, and I guess there's a sunrise when there's supposed to be a sunset or something like that. But I think the door issue says a lot more about Rose than it does about anything. I love you so much, Jack. I'm going to watch you freeze to death. That's how much I love you. And she throws the big jewel in the drink, too, years later. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to die, and no one else gets it. Yeah. Bit selfish there, girl. Yep. By the way, I just want to say that Agent Lauren couldn't be with us tonight. I don't know when she'll be back because I think she has scheduled her surgery. So we will wish her well and we will anticipate her back at some point. We just don't know when that's going to be. Until then, it'll be Haley when she can be here at Michelle and myself and then anybody else that I can wrangle to talk about some great stuff like Luke Cage. So that's what we're doing here. So, yep. And... Again, if you want to reach out to Lauren, you can probably reach out to her on Twitter. That's the best place to get her at Sith Witch, which is, you know, Star Wars. Anyway, are you two ladies ready to talk about the next two episodes of Luke Cage? That's what we're here for? Tonight, yeah. Oh, okay. Then sure. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Luke Cage, Episode 3 and 4, were published in Netflix along with the entire second season on June 22nd, 2018. So we're not that far behind. Two years, that's pretty good in terms of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. time. We've been better, we've been worse, so I'm just going to call that a win. In the meantime, Season 2, Episode 3 was named a wig out. Michelle, why don't you run down the creative team for the episode? The episode was directed by Mark Jobst, has 30 directing credits starting in 2000 including Five Belonging, Four Casualty, two episodes of Waking the Dead, one Hannibal, one Black Sails, one of the Punisher, one Runaways, two Luke Cage, two Daredevil, and two Richer. The episode was written by Matt Owens, has four writing credits starting in 2017, four Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and three episodes of Luke Cage. And Haley, the second episode that we watched tonight, or at least a couple of us watched tonight, was 
I get physical, why don't you run down the creative team for that episode? This episode was written by Sally Richardson Whitfield. You may know her as Dr. Allison Blake from Eureka, but she has 34 directing credits starting in 2011. Those credits include two episodes of Eureka, two of Queen Sugar, one of Scandal, one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., one of Luke Cage, one of Black Lightning, one of The Punisher, two of The Magicians, and two of Altered Carbon. The episode was written by Matthew Lopez, who has five writing credits starting in 2014. A lot of that is wrestling. He has one episode of Raw, WWE, one episode of WWE SmackDown, one episode of WWE Main Event, and two episodes of Luke Cage. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There was a writer for wrestling episodes? This might come as a shock to you, but it's not real. Well, I knew that, but I I didn't know. It's real. Like, they actually get hurt and stuff, but that's not just like the outcomes of a wrestling match. I didn't know that they officially recognize script writers for it, though. They have to now. There's all sorts of contracts with uh, the guilds and things in Hollywood. Like, everybody has to get credit. You can't pretend like it's fake anymore or real when it's fake. I'm trying to remember who wrote an episode of, of a reality show. And I think it was Deadliest Cat. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Kevin Tanker on, but I can't remember. And we talked about it before on the show. It was a reality TV credit. I want to take a step back. Dr. Allison Blake. I knew she, she was getting big into directing near the end of Eureka, but she has continued. And that's Sally Richardson Wheatfield. And I saw her name attached to this episode. I knew this is amazing. I'm so glad that they brought her into this series. I think you're seeing that a lot with female actors. They know as they get older, it's harder for them to continue getting acting work. So when they've got a big TV show, they start trying to get in on directing because they can keep that career going much more easily. I think she did a great job in this episode. I've watched her direct Altered Carbon. Oh, I didn't actually see her direct, but I've seen the episodes of Altered Carbon that she did. She did a Black Lightning episode that I was pretty fond of. I don't, I no longer watch any of the CW shows, but I did watch that one. So really cool seeing her show up. I likened that to, who was it on Voyager? What was his name? He's kind of a goofball in person, but he does a lot of directing now too. Oh, she's going to be doing the Wheel of Time series when it starts. Oh, nice. She's directing it or producing? Yeah, directing two episodes. Oh, nice. So that's cool. And I'm glad the episode was really good too here in Luke Cage. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, by the way, talking about great people, Chideo Hadari Coker is the showrunner for the entire two seasons and thus the series of Luke Cage. All right. We often equate the titles of the episode to the themes of the episode. And Haley, you're just amazing at this. So I'm just going to throw this to you. Wig out. What is the theme of that episode? So normally, yes, this is a lot of fun for me, but I watched five episodes at once today and I don't remember what happened in each individual episode. So it's harder for me to do this for both episodes. So what you're saying is you're wigging out by me asking you about wig out. Exactly. Okay. Michelle? Why don't you save your co-host Haley here? Well, to wig out just means you're sort of losing it. And there are some people who aren't, they don't really have it all together. And they're starting to little unravel a little bit. And we'll talk about that more in the rest of the episode here. So I think that's a good one. How about I get physical? What do you think, Michelle? 
Well, gee, how about a bar fight and hitting some walls and other stuff like that? There's no coffee involved? Well, there's a lack of coffee now in Luke Cage's life. (laughs) There is indeed. So I promised the ladies that we would start at the bar fight because it was amazing. And no, this is not a guy bar fight, although, I mean, there's guys involved. This is the ladies fighting. This is Colleen and Misty going at it. And this is, I think, Misty's redemption because she feels like she's not complete without her arm. There's a scene in there. I'm not going to spoil it because I'm going to let Michelle talk about it because I know she wants to talk about it. And Misty's all right afterwards. But the bar scene, the bar fight scene was amazing. So, Michelle, what do you got? Well, we get Colleen and Misty in a boxing ring and Misty is talking about how she feels like her identity was taken when her arm was, when she lost her arm and Colleen is just there and still like sparring with her and keeps like, you know, with the punching and keep talking with her and everything. And they end up going to a bar and this guy rolls up with a really awful come online and then realize that he's just upset with Misty because she arrested one of his friends. And then she started to fight. The bar fight broke out. And I loved it because it started and then Misty looked at Colleen and Colleen just leaned back like, girl, you're Misty Knight. You got this. And that's what happened. I mean, glass is breaking. She's fighting. There's a pool stick, I think, involved. And there's one guy who wants to get involved, but Colleen, that's when Colleen jumps in. Colleen jumps in to keep the fight fair because Misty is going against this guy and this other guy just wants to get in and Colleen's like, nope, not having it. And then she gets to kick that guy's butt. You know, I wanted them to get their own show. I said that when we covered Iron Fist and this makes me even miss the whole possible Misty Colleen show. And yeah, but it was amazing. It was. And you're absolutely right. She only steps in because she wants to help save it to be a fair fight. Otherwise, she wouldn't have gone in. But it's kind of cool. Once she does jump in, she's doing all those kind of kicks and everything. And then when Misty was in a chokehold, she throws a pool ball at her. She catches it and knocks the guy out behind her. They had great teamwork when they need it. But Colleen was trying to get Misty. This is part of her therapy, part of Misty's therapy to say, even though she doesn't have that arm, she can do anything. And yep, she can. One other thing there, she was saying that she wasn't whole and then she didn't have the vision because her right hand is where she palmed the ball and she was able to dribble the ball and see the entire court. And that was her analogy without her right hand. She was having trouble getting back to that. This is the start of the healing of that superpower, basically, that she has a vision of, of crime scenes. And we saw her go into the crime scene of our tour last week, and she wasn't able to envision who was standing uh, at the shooting point. She couldn't see who it was when normally she'd be able to do that. Yep, that was a cool fight. And as long as we're on the fights, let's talk about the other fights. You know, Luke and the Yardies in the warehouse. That was really cool. And I always question when I watch that the first time and the second time. Why was the Yardies having the fight and just letting him go? So, Haley, what's your thoughts on that? Which fight was that? Can you refresh my memory a little more? Yep. So, Luke Cage goes to the Yardies to try to talk to Nigel to find out what's going on with the gun deals because 
he knows what is going on. He's trying to stop the gun deal. And so he gets in the middle of this warehouse and they create a circle around him. And Bushmaster sends one person after another after him. And then it ends with the grenade in his hands. Okay. Uh, well, it's because Bushmaster wanted to take him on himself. It was really, I think, kind of gauging exactly what his skills and abilities were and what his fighting style was. But at the end of the day, Bushmaster knew that he wanted to do a one-on-one confrontation with him. So we saw Luke Cage last week get blasted by physics with a six-barrel shotgun. This week, we see him crunch a grenade. I would think the explosiveness of the grenade would have pushed his hands apart. Yeah. SP's Nick Pitt for the episode. I gotta have one, you know? Yeah. All right, there was another fight. And it was a ESPN broadcast fight. And it wasn't broadcast, I guess. I guess the footage was sold to ESPN later. Uh, Bushmaster lays out Luke right there on the street. Yeah. Kings get knocked off their pedestal. And Luke has been cocky and thinking he's all that. You know, I am Harlem. Harlem is me. And Bushmaster comes along going, nope. And just... Hits him hard enough. He gets a concussion. Luke gets a concussion. He is susceptible to internal damage. And yeah. even after the or before the concussion, he was bleeding. I think the bleeding was internal too, right? Probably, yeah. Like either from inside his mouth or something was bleeding. So he can get hurt. It's his skin that can't be perforated, the Velcro effect, as we talked about before. The fight was cool. It was even broadcast on ESPN. Stephen A. Smith, who's on ESPN even today, as we record this, comes on and continuing the cameos that are in Luke Cage. We had the NFL coach Todd Bowles last time. This time we had Stephen A. Smith. So professional sports are big into at least the Luke Cage series here. I don't think it would have worked in Jessica Jones, but it's big in Luke Cage. That's pretty cool. Even Misty she's, uh, was a semi-pro basketball player, right? The actress? No, Misty Knight in this universe, I think, was a semi... Was she semi-pro or was she WNBA? I know they talk a lot about her, like, in college and in high school and stuff. I don't remember. It's been too long since I watched the first season. So a lot of sports analogies, you know, sports ball, as Michelle often says. Let's go back to Bushmaster, because this entire series is starting to revolve around Bushmaster. In the first episode that we watched Wig Out, he comes up with a plan that really hasn't deviated into the second episode that we saw tonight, the fourth episode of the season. He wants to go after the heart of Harlem because he wants Harlem, so he has to take out the heart of Harlem, which is Luke Cage right now. And then he also wants to kill Mariah Stokes. I like how he says Stokes all the time. Mariah Stokes. Oh, she does not like being called that at (laughs) all. But we learn more. I like the um, when we learn about the story that Bushmaster tells about the two people, the one at the top of the hill and one at the bottom, and how the person at the top of the hill feels safe, but the person at the bottom knows that they can, you know, rise and kick the person on the top of the hill down. And we learn that it seems as though his parents or grandparents was involved in creating the club. And he's talking to Mariah about, you know, how the club started and who built it. And he actually asked about person and Mariah just looks at him 
and says, everyone remembers the kings and the queens and forgets the flunkies. It's just like, first off, it's unfortunately true. And second, I have to admit, that was a great put down. That was just, oh, that was cold. But also, like, you know he's going to repeat those words to her when he kills her. If he kills her. If he does. I haven't seen anything beyond, well, unfortunately, the fifth episode. Whoops. Thanks, Netflix autoplay. But I don't know if that happens this season, but I kind of think it will. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Of course, I've seen the rest of the season, so I'm not going to comment one way or the other. I will say that after watching the entire season and then going to that conversation, it happened in the second episode that we watched where Bushmaster comes to Mariah's office in the club and they were just talking about a bunch of stuff. And this is after, by the way, that he gave Shades the bags of money with Nigel's head in it. And they're just going back and forth and Mariah is trying to assume the 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 high ground here that go away this is my playground and she I don't think she realizes the danger that the entire situation is and that's really where I wanted to start with Mariah we talked about it last time Haley you weren't here you didn't get a chance to say anything about it Mariah has been deluding herself all these four episodes. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. There is stuff going on around her, and she's blinded to it. She's shutting down shades. She doesn't want to talk to Chi about the possibility that she's being swindled, or at the very least has a vulnerability. She just thinks that she's got everything planned out, and everything's going to work the way she's planned out. And we all know that all good plans don't survive first contact. What do you think about Mariah deluding herself and everybody else around her? I think we're kind of seeing the same thing with Mariah as we are with Luke. Like, they both think they're invincible and untouchable just because of the plans, the way things have worked out at the beginning of this season. And then these first few episodes, it's kind of exposing the vulnerabilities of both of them. Uh, More so Luke at this point, you know, we're seeing him at the beginning thinking, I can't get hurt. No one can stop me. I'm even more invincible than I was last season. And then immediately getting hurt in the first few episodes. Mariah thinks because she's got this legitimate money now, she's untouchable. No one can hurt her. And uh, I I think we're starting to see things unravel for her as well. And we're probably going to see more of that going forward. Mariah is manipulating everybody around her. And she thinks that she is in control and reality. The events around her are controlling her. She's manipulating Tilda, manipulating her with the keyboard, with the charity event. The charity event was about trying to get on Tilda's good half. It wasn't about anything else. I mean, there was other things that happened, but the primary objective for Mariah was Tilda and to wow Tilda in that she is actually helping the community. I don't think that's all it was. I think she's also trying to reestablish herself as like, a pillar of the community. Yeah. She came in with like the whole councilwoman and such. And here's the thing about with being deluding herself. That guy has power of attorney. And I don't know if any of you have ever had power of attorney. I have. And the stuff you can do with it is astonishing because when I found out the stuff I could do, like I, I had it with my grandmother because she got to the point, you know, when she needed help. 
and it's like all this business stuff and i'm like i just went like well we can't help you and you know because you're her granddaughter and i just went i have her power of attorney and they were like really here's all the stuff you could do now and having a financial person have power of attorney because he said this twice that it's important and he's like oh the money's in the caymans yeah it's probably the caymans under his account because he has power of attorney like <laughs> mariah you just don't give power of attorney to it. This is also to dear listener. Don't just give power of attorney to anyone. It is a lot more powerful than you think. It is dangerous in the wrong hands. It really is. Jade sees it coming. Like he's like, we shouldn't be trusting this guy. Money on paper isn't real money. He knows what's up. Chi also, Comanche also, uh, before we learn that he's actually working for the cops. He's trying to get in to help Mariah. I think he wants to see the books, but he comes across as very knowledgeable about everything. And Mariah is not having anything of it just because she dislikes him as a person. That's just the way she rolls. And she's also like, she thinks he's beneath her now. Like she's real high and mighty. Right. And the whole thing with Billy slash Stephanie, that's interesting. That's happening too. She thinks she's controlling all that. And we see that. She's actually a family member over at the Bushmaster side of things. So things are, this is something that struck me as I'm watching these two episodes. Nobody's actually working for Mariah. Sugar is to highest bidder, basically. Shades is working for her, but she's pushing him away so much that she's not listening to him. Comanche's working for the, for the cops. And Billy or Stephanie, she's working for the Bushmet. There's nobody who's actually working for Mariah here. She doesn't inspire loyalty. Nope. Not even with Luke Cage, which let's talk about Luke because Luke's cockiness equals Mariah's delusion here. We've talked about it before already. It started with the domestic violence. We talked about the domestic violence last time and don't want to repeat that necessarily right now in this episode but he comes out of it saying yeah i can do things with my fist and get results and this is what things are going and then it leads to this whole confrontation with claire and he thinks he's invincible and he gets knocked out by bushmaster luke has some bad things happen to him these two episodes it's interesting talking about the claire luke dynamic that happens in this episode first Claire goes behind his back and talks to his father about him, but not saying that I know your son or anything like that. And that is wrong. What Claire did was wrong. It doesn't matter her intentions. Her going behind Luke's back, talking to his father about him, that was wrong. Now, Luke has an issue it's interesting luke this is intersectionality happening right here when it comes to luke luke calls claire woman and he wants her to be in a certain place for him he wants her in the supportive role he wants her to not question him stop nagging me all this type of stuff and then he has justifiable anger as a black american and he is right his anger when it comes to that, it's justified. But she does have a point when she says, you know, using your fist 
to be a hero is one thing. It's when you start enjoying it, that's another. Like, are you doing this to be a hero or are you beating up people because it feels good? And I think that's what her point was that she was trying to make. But combined with like what's going on with Luke, he's feeling all these things and the punching of the wall, that, yeah, that was, that was tough. That was a tough moment. Especially since we learned that it was Claire's childhood with her parents. So it affected her very much. And we often see the people that grow up in those types of relationships sometimes get trapped in those relationships. But if they see it, they just avoid it and move on. And that's what happens here. Claire decides to leave to go to Havana, where her family is, and just ends up leaving. And I think we need to talk about that here. And spoiler, if you didn't know this already, this is a series from 2018. Michelle and Haley haven't watched the rest of it. But if you look at Rosaria Dawson's IMDb credits, this is the last credit that she has, wig out, of Luke Cage. This is the last credit she has in the entire Defenders universe. This is her goodbye. She never comes back. We've already seen Iron Fist because we watched it out of order. She's not in that. She's not in the rest of this. IDB credits says she's not in everything else. She doesn't get any sort of farewell other than this. I think I have a lot of respect for Rosaria Dawson. I have a lot of respect for the character. I think this was a terrible way for her to leave the universe. I think it was a great way for her to leave the relationship because she needed to. Terrible way to leave the universe. I wish I knew more about what happened with the show. Lauren typically has this kind of knowledge, but it seems like in the first few episodes that they were building more for her and then she's just gone. I have no idea if something happened, like if it was a a break in relationship between the Netflix Marvel team and Rosaria Dawson. I have no idea. I just know. And she has now been cast in star wars so i i think that's still a rumor okay i think isn't it i don't know for sure i just remember her being aligned to the um what's her name Ah ahsoka i've heard that i've heard that too i again i think it's also still a rumor well if true then there was no break between the relationship with disney and her but I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll find out more of what happened here. But again, I think this is an awful way to end the character's run because she has been with the universe since Daredevil season one. And for her to go from there to here, and then this is the way she has to go out, just really rough. Maybe it underscores why she's leaving, but just really rough way to you always want your character that's been along this time to have a a decent farewell and i don't think this was a decent farewell this was horrific i'm looking at her imdb page now also it's got her listed as ahsoka for the next season of the mandalorian so maybe it is confirmed now but it looks like she did a lot of voice work and then like episodes of tv but i don't see it's like oh this is the big project she left and couldn't do both shows so i don't know I wonder if it's a behind the scenes thing, because that is a very ungracious way to leave. And she is, she's night nurse, basically. She was in all the, epi- she was in all the show. She was the rug. She brought the room together. You know, she tied everything together. You just can't. And aside from her relationship with Luke, she had relationships with other characters too, like with Misty, like with Colleen. It would have been nice to see those play out more too. 
Matt. Yeah. I know. But we know we're getting a Daredevil season three, so we know Matt com- somehow comes back. We don't know how that works out yet or not. But yeah. Just, re- it, again, very terrible. And when I first saw this, because I watched it a few months ago before we did Iron Fist, I kept on expecting her to see her back. And then I thought, well, we'll see her in Iron Fist. And we didn't because we already did that series before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season seven. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. This was her last episode. And I went back to watch this last scenes of this episode uh, when we were doing Iron Fist. And I just couldn't believe that, that this was the way that Rosario Dawson left the Defenders universe. Yeah, I mean, just watching the episode, I assumed she came back towards the end of the season. Yeah, I did too the first time around. Now, maybe they just couldn't get her back on set. Maybe I, I have no idea. I don't think she was pregnant. I don't think that was... She was not. Yeah. Unfortunately, that happened this episode. I felt the need to address it because it was a shock to me when I learned it. Misty Knight... She's dealing with some precinct politics, basically. Let's let's call it that. In addition to her wonderful therapy session with Colleen, uh, she's dealing with coming back as a detective. And she's got a lot of stuff happening around her. And she's not seeing everything clearly yet, but she knows that things aren't working for her necessarily. It's just interesting watching her navigate through this. And... She's untouchable. She's Private Ryan, to take that analogy, but she's finding it difficult to work as she used to, not just because of her arm, but because of everything going on around her. You mean people breaking out in show tunes at the office? That doesn't happen at your office? Well, it's okay. They just worked at Double Homicide. They can go ahead and do that. (laughs) Yeah. She's out of the loop for, I think, different reasons. Yes, her arm. But also with her association with Luke Cage, the captain really isn't fond of Luke Cage and therefore doesn't really like the fact that Misty helps him. So that's not really helping her right now either. Yeah, she basically goes head to head with him and and loses. And it's kind of amazing that Luke is still out there and not arrested from his vigilante work because he did. Basically assault, even though it was part of the domestic violence, he assaulted Cockroach. I think it's because he didn't press criminal charges. He would rather get Luke's money. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. the episode ends with him being served. So I'm thinking Cockroach is going to try to sue. I think it's Cockroach who's doing the serving. I'm trying to remember who the name of the um mariah dillard's lawyer is that has come in and saved everybody in the precinct before i'm trying to remember his name but i think he's involved in this the other person that we need to talk about is tilda individually she's going through a lot she's kind of everywhere and interfacing with everybody on the peripheral and nobody either realizes her connections or it's just happenstance or whatever but she's trying to sort everything out and i don't think she's made any firm decisions yet but she's basically met all the players because luke cage even comes by her place how many of you were thinking that luke was going to hit that the season's not over yet is what i think i almost (laughs) thought that he was going to immediately do breakup sex you know claire just left and you know he can't go along without coffee 
<laughs> I think he could go a day or so without coffee. Not once you, once you're used to having coffee every day, you feel it if you don't get your coffee. Well, you can go a few hours without coffee. I've done it. Yeah, but a whole day. Yeah, a whole day is hard. Yeah, it is. Which is why I've been drinking decaf or uh, half calf for the most part. Still, it's still rough, by the way, with half calf. If you've had four or five cups of half calf during the day and then you go cold turkey the next day, yeah, it, it catches up with you eventually. Yeah. Anyway, Tilda is in the middle of everything and. It'll be interesting to see where she goes for the rest of the series. And she has not been, when she's met both Bushmaster and Luke Cage, she has not been 100% open in either case. She's always had something in reserve. So, like, she doesn't tell Luke that she met Bushmaster. She's keeping her options open. Yeah. She's got a curious mind, so she wants the knowledge that Bushmaster has. She doesn't want Luke Cage on her tail. Maybe in more ways than one. Literally or figuratively, yeah. <laughs> I think she's she's playing all the cards right now and waiting to see how things are going to go. I can't blame her, especially with her past. The series has been phenomenal with music. We talked about it before, how Cheo was a music journalist, and that's probably where this all comes from, this phenomenal music talent that comes in here. It is simply the soul of the series, whether it's music that is playing in somebody's earphones or whether it's music that's being performed on the stage at the club it has simply been this because the music perfectly matches what's going on on screen it does all right ladies that's the end of what i had to talk about and Haley, is there anything else that you want to talk about that's not episode five related no i think the last few things i have in my mind are from episode five so i'll save those for next week we look forward to it. Michelle, anything else? No, I'm good. And so am I. And that will be the end of our discussion of Luke Cage Season 2, Episode 3 and 4. Next Thursday, we'll talk about Luke Cage Season 2, Episode 5, All Sold Out. And sold is spelled S-O-U-L-E-D. And Episode 6, The Basement. And ladies, I think... I think the two of you need to get in a ring and have a fight commentated by ESPN on the way out. So, go! Boom. <laughs> well, thank everybody for continuing to stick with us post Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We appreciate all your downloads, all your comments, and all your watches on YouTube. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that listens, everyone that sends feedback. I know we don't have the live tweets going on really right now, but Lauren would say thank you to everybody that tweets with her since she does most of the tweeting. So I'll say that for her. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who's still with us. We really appreciate you. We do. And Lauren does, as I said, communicate over Twitter and she would love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm producer SB. I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Michelle. See everybody next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. 
The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com, and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. I'm using this mic again. Like, I've got my computer running. Yeah. So, I don't know where I could adjust that. Yeah, it would be your system settings, I think. Ooh, I can go. Is that any louder? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you sound good again. Yeah. Yeah, I've got my computer working. Yay. Yeah. What happened? Uh, What did you have to uh, upgrade on it or whatever? The hard drive. I, I knew that was probably what it was. So I put in an SSD. Oh, it was just lagging? Oh, it was like dead, dead. Oh. Oh, so you weren't using your computer at all? No, I hadn't been able to use my computer in months. Ah. Which is fine, because all I really used it for was podcasting anyways. Yeah, you're not a big gamer, are you? Nope. Not anymore. Did you have to reinstall Windows and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a friend who works in IT, though, and... uh he graciously offered, and by offered, I mean I asked him to, and he did it, to do that part for me. Okay. <laughs> oh, Tilda. Tilda, 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 Tilda. <laughs> I see you got a new one. Yes. Goes well with uh, this one. Danny, 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 Danny. <laughs> yeah, the Danny one's not going to be used anymore. Bye forever, Danny. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. You'll see. Remember, this happened before Iron Fist. I know. Season. Michelle, is there anything specifically that you wanted to talk about? Bar fight. Bar fight. Might as well start there. Luke and Claire's. I got to talk about what Claire did and what happened between them. Yeah. Yeah, I got to talk about what Claire did. And I'm probably going to spoil this right now, but I think this is the best time to talk about it. This is Claire's departure from the entire universe. No way. She never comes back. This is it. Ah. Yeah. Okay, we got to talk about that during the show. Yes. That's why I said, I'm sorry, I had to spoil it, but it's awful. Awful. I've alluded to it on the show before when we were talking about Iron Fist and stuff like that. But yeah, she's, if you take her look at her IMDb credits, this is the last credit. Episode three. Huh. But we'll get talk. What? (laughs) Claire. This is Claire's departure from the entire universe. She never comes back. I'm going to flip over a table. I think you should. Not this one. It's got my computer on it. I just, (laughs) but a table somewhere at some point. And that's why. It's yeah, it's pretty horse and crappy. Like I'm, I'm fine with her leaving because I think it was a good reason to leave. But as far as serving the character, horse. Oh, I I completely agree. All the good stuff that we'll save for the show. Yeah, let's save. I was really banging my head against the wall because I'm like, oh my god. As I got to the end, I'm like, oh, she's got to come back. She's got to come back. She's got to. Nope, never does.
and then we were we were watching Iron Fist, which was the next one. So I thought, oh, she'll come back there. She doesn't. And if you look at her IMDb credit, she's done. Boo! I noticed. So I watched like the first five episodes today, and I noticed that in the first episode in the credit, she was listed as special guest star, which had me worried about how many episodes she would be in the season. And three. Yeah. That's all we got. Maybe that's what we should. We should have our our. Our fight commentated on ESPN on the way out. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Haley and Michelle, fight! I've been training. I like my chances. You have been training. And you just see my runs. You don't see my other workouts. Nope. Yeah, you're right. Just the runs. Oh, do you have an Apple Watch? You can be my friend and then we compete. Yep. <laughs> Is it just your normal address? Hold on. I think it, it might be by phone number. Just a second. Let me see if I can find you real quick. I've got that, too. This is important. I've got your phone number. Yeah, I sent it. Beat you to it. <sighs> yeah. Oh, which reminds me, I need to take it off. I, I only wear it to run and then to uh, sleep in. Oh, I wear it all the time, except when I'm in the shower. Otherwise, my hand... Hello. Test. Yep. He unplugged his headphones. Quick talk about him. <laughs> i pulled pulled the uh for some reason i pulled the um headphones jack out so i only wear it to run and to sleep in other than that my hand goes numb so mm-hmm. i don't try to wear it too often and it's my daughter's old three so the battery doesn't last long anyway i gave my old first gen one to my sister when i got my new one yeah we've as a family this is the first one i've ever tried as a family we've hand me down watches and then it just they break or Mm -hmm. run out of charge or whatever but i think everybody's pretty caught up now except for me and that's the first one um even my dad it saved my dad's life you know that right yeah yeah you told us about that have you tried it with a different watch band or do you have that issue with all watches oh it's it's in it it's why i don't wear any rings Mm. or um i haven't worn a watch for decades since yeah it's been two decades been 20 years i get the cloth bands that Mm -hmm. velcro because they're more comfortable i think it's the compression on the nerves so it doesn't really matter what the band is gotcha so sarah watched the first couple episodes with me before she had to go and do stuff in the field and she was like you guys should talk about how this is socially relevant now and i'm like um it kind of always is it's kind (laughs) of the point yeah we talk about that so Sarah watched the first couple episodes with me before she had to go and do stuff in the field. And she was like, you guys should talk about how this is socially relevant now. And I'm like, um, it kind of always is. It's kind yeah. of the point. Yeah, we talk about that. Oh, I wanted to show you something real quick since we were talking about fighting earlier. Okay. Oh, yeah. She, she does martial arts now. I thought that was fuzzy dice behind her. It's a cat toy. Yeah, it's a cat treat behind her. Well, I saw the cat treat, but I saw like fuzzy dice moving. So these are the boxing gloves I got for Christmas that I haven't gotten to use yet, but they're very cool. Nice. Wow. Because at the end of last year, I had started doing like oops, this boxing workout. So like this one's got a dinosaur on it. Nice. Nice. Have you used them on a, on a bag at home at all? No, I don't have a bag at home because I was going. So there's this. It's like a it's a bar that has. um an old time boxing ring is part of their gimmick in there. Oh, cool. And on Sundays, they'll do a $10 class where you get like a boxing class, an old school boxing class, real class. 
And then at the end of it, you get a free mimosa. So I'd been doing that for a while. And then after Christmas, like the beginning of the year, it's like, you know, that awkward period where your schedule is kind of weird. And then I was kind of studying for the PE. And then it was like, oh, hey, COVID. So did you end up taking your PE? They canceled it. Uh, Are you rescheduled? Uh, I was going to take. So April is when I was going to take it and it got canceled. So October would have been the next test. And I haven't signed up for it. I haven't been studying. I don't feel like I would pass it if I took it right now anyways. Maybe next April. (laughs) Yep. Fun. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.